0: Welcome to Coming Out Evil. I'm Harley Honey. And I'm Mixa Sedusa. Join, Join our, our descent, descent into villainy. Okay, hello. Hi. We're back. It's been a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fun topic today. Yes. I'm very excited. Do you want to tell them what our topic is? Today we're going to talk about our orientation,
1: one of them at least, and that's going to be on aromanticism. And there's a little touch of talking about asexuality and talking about how they're different, but the focus today is going to be on what is aromanticism and how does that affect our lives and some literature. Yeah, fun.
0: Woo! Also, yeah, as mixed Seduce already mentioned, we're going to also be touching on asexuality because it's kind of hard not to, and we want to make sure you really come away with understanding the difference that they are not the same thing exactly a lot of similar institutional struggles i'd say right, right, very much a link there very much a fluid relationship but not the same and on top of that even if you understand they're different things that not
1: everybody is both things yes which oh child we're gonna get into it but yes we're gonna get into it <laughs>
0: First, I figured we would just talk about our own identities, like, in full. So there's the full, like, context of obviously we're both aromantic, but, like, what else? Yeah. Yeah. How about you go first? So if some random Joe on
1: the street asked me what my identity is, I would say queer, right? I'd be done. Mm -hmm. That'd be it. But if I was in, like, a conference room of queers that were, like, obsessed with the linguistics and, like, how would you define it exactly, right? So I'd be sapphic for sure and for me that means a couple things. I'm definitely femme for femme and I'm also still attracted to non-binary people and very rare instances men. My primary focus and attraction is other femmes for sure and I'm also non-binary and I have struggled with narrowing it down exactly what that means for me. I identify as aromantic but I think some people would classify me more as gray or demiromantic which is fair but I'm under the arrow umbrella right I feel like I'm not romance repulsed but it's not something that I craved or prioritized in my life even if it happens once in a while, you know? But and then I'm on a journey of figuring out where my sexuality lands. I've always identified as hypersexual, but I also learned that most of my sexual encounters has been uh not so savory. Mm. So trying to figure out what that looks like, you know, tune in next week, I guess. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, yeah. That's a lot of things all working together. I think that as far as I go. I'm definitely also, like, on the Aero spectrum, like, I might more accurately be like gray arrow and I think as far as sexuality goes I'm definitely demisexual so I'm also on the ace spec as well and not everybody obviously not everybody is ace and also arrow I just happen to be (laughs) I'm also definitely bisexual at the same time like within that which feels so interesting to say because so many times I'm filling out forms and they're like two separate options and it's like not select all that apply right like they don't realize you can be bisexual or like homosexual and also like some variants of ace at the same time which is like very strange people lack that understanding but yeah so definitely bisexual and to me that just means I'm attracted to people who are like myself and also people who are different than my I think that's the two that the bi implies for me true yeah I also do want to also mention that my journey coming to these conclusions has been very interesting (laughs) when I was young I thought that I was a lesbian so I identified as a lesbian until I was like 18 or 19 maybe and quite honestly my bisexual awakening was earnestly black panther (laughs) i saw that movie and was like oh wait (laughs) (laughs) who did it for you though it was killmonger Mm. yeah just (laughs) given everything that needs to be gave though i was re-watching it and you know who's doing it for me more yes wait how did you know (laughs) As gay as I
1: am. (laughs) In Baku?
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I just, I like a big boy. Yeah. Can pick me up. I like up. them big. I <laughs> like them <laughs> chunky. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that's how I came to the conclusion that I was bisexual. So, for a very, very long time, I just thought that I was lesbian. Also, I'm non binary. I'm specifically bigender. I used to think that I was gender fluid, but I kind of came to the realization that it didn't feel like I was like moving between. these states like it just kind of felt like all the time I am all-encompassing gender I am big gender constantly
1: everything (laughs) everywhere all at once yes
0: exactly exactly very genderful yeah (laughs) (laughs) i've been liking that word genderful i feel like it is a good little catch-all you know true even if you're confused you can feel genderful full of gender (laughs) yes (laughs) so yeah i think that's it for me so now that we've given you the context of like who we are As best as we can in this little, (laughs) you know, microcosm. The best English language allows, which is not very much. Yeah, but now that we've done that, you have a little bit of context for what we're gonna say and like where we're coming from. So I wanted to start off by first talking about how expansive the Ace Arrow community is and that there are more ways to be Ace and Arrow than just, for lack of a better word the garden variety like (laughs) it is very expansive like we've touched on it already you mentioned being on a spectrum or under the umbrella can you maybe explain a little bit what that means as far as arrow goes
1: yeah so imagine the word arrow is given a big hug to these other identities they're like yeah
0: you're under here bring it in
1: right so like aromantic can look all the way from the extremes of being romance repulsed absolutely never never will never have not interested to being like demi-romantic or grey-romantic where it's like yeah it's not a priority but I'm also not repulsed right or like I don't subscribe to these ideals and this culture idea of romance right so it can look like different levels of how people interact with it yeah it doesn't always mean repulsion or complete avoidance of it
0: yeah and I think that's a really good segue to a thing that I kind of was teasing out while I was doing some background research for this episode so I have here in front of me several different definitions of aromantic from different sources the first one is from UC Santa Barbara and it's a romantic attraction generally characterized by not feeling romantic attraction or a desire for romance very similar to the definition from stonewall.org.uk uh, where they say arrows an umbrella term used by people who feel little to no romantic attraction and then very well mind says some signs you might be aromantic include you don't experience feelings of romantic attraction and the only source that i found that complicated this at all was aromanticism.org which is the website for the aromantic spectrum union for recognition education and advocacy and they say aromanticism is a romantic orientation which most commonly describes people who experience little to no romantic attraction to others it also describes someone whose experience of romance is disconnected from the normative societal expectations Due to feeling repulsed by romance or being uninterested in romantic relationships. And I think that's really interesting. Because all of these sources simplify it to, yeah, little to no romantic attraction. Yes,
1: and most people if you ask somebody who hasn't thought about these things what is romance you get some very confusing answers Mm -hmm. and most people are also very confused trying to answer it right like I've had a lot of people be like well it's like platonic plus like being sexually attracted to someone I'm like no that's sexual attraction that's not romance and those two get conflated in our culture for sure yeah but just because you have sexual feelings for someone does not carry romantic intent and it's just like yeah so when people say little to no romantic attraction it's like what does that mean like what are you you actually saying here yeah <laughs> yeah and I also think too when I saw those things like there's some things that resonated and some things that didn't right like I get crushes on people but for me sometimes that's the peak of a relationship I'm like this relationship does not need to escalate further <laughs> like you know yeah. so there's also that like I guess kind of what it was saying about like not subscribing to certain ideologies and societal norms of like the romantic escalator which I'm sure we'll probably talk about
0: yeah and I think it's interesting that you touch on like how people don't don't know what they're talking about really when they are trying to <laughs> define romance because i could not find a good definition of romance Yep. and also i couldn't think of one i'm gonna be real with you i have thought about this question a lot actually
1: <laughs> so what i had come up with in february of 2022 at least was the idea of future planning expectations and sacrifice are kind of things that are built into western assumptions of romance mm-hmm. and i think When people try to start talking about romance, those were the themes I was noticing, right? So you have expectations of what a romantic partner is going to do or not going to do, and they tend to be very rigid, and they tend to be more intense than your other expectations for other types of relationships. Yeah. And then the future planning involving this person, right? And I think that's not even a clear-cut thing for just romance, right? Like I think there are platonic relationships that can show that quality, but I think... Almost all romantic connections involve the assumption that you're sharing a future with this person to some degree.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's difficult because, like, you can make platonic long-term plans with someone like this idea that sometimes chemistry isn't romantic right like Mm -hmm. maybe you should open a taco stand with someone maybe that's why you guys have chemistry the spark yeah exactly (laughs) so it's like it sucks to minimize romance to long-term planning because that like feels like it should be expansive also But also, like, what else are you gonna, like, there isn't any good alternative, you know? Yeah. Like, that is the best that I could think of, for sure.
1: Yeah, like, I think
0: there's a lot of platonic connections
1: that do have the long-term planning thing, but I think very few people, I guess what I'm saying that is, like, very few people are in a romantic situation and expecting it to be short-term. Right. Whereas with friendships, I think it is a little more fluid, but it can involve, like, all things under there, but I think romantic attraction has that assumption of longevity.
0: I guess it's so hard for me to have that like theory of mind because I am a romantic, and so that sounds ridiculous to me. I but, hear like, you, exactly! <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't plan to be friends with someone forever? I don't understand. And that's exactly it, right?
1: Because like when you think about alloromantic behavior sometimes, not all alloromantics behave like this, but There is like this phenomenon of people who will get in a relationship and then their friends suddenly disappear.
0: Like, and they
1: just, their whole world now centers around this person because they're like, oh, this person's gonna be in my life forever. My friends are just kinda whatever. And then they're having to rebuild their friend circles and go back and apologize after relationships because they didn't incorporate that longevity into their Platonic connections, right? Yeah. But so many people have this assumption that not only is that romantic relationship going to be long term, but it now takes hold of all your time and energy to the point of losing out on other relationships over it like it's really intense
0: also while we've just used these terms freshly i do think that we should define them also so alloromantic or allosexual refers to you know you normies right you know (laughs) it is the opposite of aromantic or asexual they're just opposites very similar to cis versus trans they're opposites also I don't remember if we've used the word queer platonic yet oh not yet but okay well I do think we might also want to define queer platonic because I kind of sense it may be coming up but the definition from UC Santa Barbara and feel free to like add on this expand on this is a relationship that extends beyond what is expected from a platonic relationship queer platonic relationships usually involve a deep connection that Is similar to those associated with allosexual romantic relationships, but contextualized within the experiences of the ace spec community. These relationships may include affection, sex, intimacy, cohabitation, co-parenting, etc. Yeah, that sounds right to me, honestly.
1: I remember when I first heard about this term, I definitely had some confusion. Like I didn't quite get it. I think in Kentucky it was also displayed in a very weird way. Oh. Like I think the way some people used it it was almost like a demotion from oh I'm not romantically interested in you but you can be my queer best friend like it was very odd the way I saw people move with it but yeah queer platonic I think is incredible and I think honestly that's where it starts blurring the lines for me about what is romantic because I feel like queer platonic partners when I've ever had them have involved long term future planning and like some elements of romantic qualities but not if that makes sense (laughs) like and then the sacrifice thing I think is something that's not talked about a lot but like yeah I think there's this assumption that you're giving up freedom to some degree you're giving up interdependence or independence right like there's this baked in assumption that you are losing something in a romantic relationship whether it be career goals or whether it be dreams you had for yourself that no longer work with two people or whatever right but we don't see that same kind of sacrifice expectations and friendships I think people do make sacrifices for their friends sometimes But I don't think it's nearly as expected or anticipated for people to just do that. Whereas some people will rearrange their entire lives and move countries and skip out on dream school applications to preserve a romantic connection.
0: Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned like one of these tenants being sacrifice. Because if you're a real fan, then <laughs> you've read our workbook that I made. And one of the tenants of villainy is freedom from self sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting how those like overlap because i think unintentionally right in creating the core tenets of villainy that i applied an aromantic lens because i can't help it (laughs) yeah
1: and i do think aromantic people get villainized and so do asexual people right like it really is a thing where people are like there's i remember reading this myth and thinking it was so goofy when i read it but it's like well how can you be polyamorous if you don't love anybody and it's like well romance does not have the monopoly on love there are many kinds of love and like not every aromantic person is completely repulsed by romance either so like it's just a weird assumption
0: and also kind of makes me think of this concept that like is generally in the context of asexuality called like willing consent right so like i'm a demisexual person sometimes i like sex sometimes i'm like indifferent to sex but if a partner of mine wants that then like generally they have my like willing consent which i think that like people shy away from talking about like anything that isn't enthusiastic consent but that's so hard for asexual people because like why do i have to be enthusiastic yeah
1: you know like
0: i can be consenting to something and not be like yeah like my motivations (laughs) to please a partner are valid motivations like that it's okay if that is my primary motivation because it makes me happy to make my partners happy. I think that that gets like demonized a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've definitely been in relationships where like we called it romantic because that's what that person wanted. And they had my willing consent for me to be engaged in a romantic relationship right. with them. But if you break that down, all of a sudden, oh, you don't really love your partner. Like you're just humoring them, stuff like that. And when it's like, no, like I enjoy to see this person happy, this makes them happy and I don't mind. Right. So it's like, I think that the willing consent like versus enthusiastic consent paradigm, like in an interesting way applies to both asexuality and like yeah. aromanticism. Cause I've definitely had experiences <laughs> with people being weirded out by both. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think it's interesting too, because as somebody who just got out of a relationship with an alloromantic person, So, yeah, there's the weird, like, you were saying, like, if you break that apart and people are like, oh, so you don't really love your partner or you don't really love me, do you actually understand me? Right? Like, you're wanting a romantic relationship, but then when I'm trying to, like, re-navigate what that looks like for us or, like, you know, what care can look like beyond romance, suddenly you're not even interested in meeting me where I'm at.
0: Yeah. Even though
1: I was willing to meet you where you were with wanting to call something romantic, right? So it's just, like, why is it being centered That the romantic connection or desire is correct. (laughs) Yeah. But aromantic desirability, whatever that looks like, is the deviant and is also, like, incorrect and is the one who should be making the sacrifice or should be the one who's, like, meeting the person where they're at and shouldn't get that in return because it's so out there. Like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's a really weird dynamic. Yeah, I don't think I could date an romantic anymore. Like, that really fucked with me. Valid. Like, why even bother? You know? Okay, next, I want to talk about some, like, research weaknesses that I encountered Mm -hmm. in, like, literature about ace and aro stuff. Firstly, sources will just say, like, asexual and aromantic people... Makeup, da da da. But the study, if you go to look at it, was only done on asexual people, mm-hmm. or and so they're just kind of making that assumption. Mm-hmm. So I found that figure a lot. Asexual and aromantic people make up about one percent of the total population. And when I found that, it was on UC Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara cited Bianchi. 2018 mm-hmm. for that figure i go to look for that document and they didn't come up with the figure themselves they're citing that same figure from yet another source oh my god yeah research like yeah research is. fuckingception. it was ridiculous so they cited somewhere else and they cited wellings from 1994 with that figure and I can't find that article Mm -mm. I found one article that Wellings wrote with someone else in 1994 that doesn't seem to make any mention of a figure like that so I a little bit wonder if this just got made up at some point
1: honestly I believe somebody in school they're like doing a dissertation they're like fuck it's due tomorrow it's three (laughs) in the morning I'm just gonna put a name and we're gonna see how it goes and
0: it just stuck like yeah I really wonder also So the, I did manage to find a similar figure from a study that does seem to exist that was done in 2004 and it was done on like British residents. This was, you're going to be able to see all the sources in the sources tab as usual. Anthony F. Bogair in 2004 did a study where it was based on survey, and we can talk about how accurate doing a study based on survey is. Basically, they found that approximately 1% of the sample indicated that they were asexual also they tried to see if there were like predicting factors of asexuality or like factors related to asexuality and they included that gender was a factor that there were more asexual women than men and that almost alone makes me feel like that survey method was flawed yeah because men just won't report being asexual Mm -hmm. as often as women would report that right so it's like
1: i think it's also interesting because long before this podcast existed even but i remember talking to my grandma and some other people of her generation Mm-hmm. And hearing them talk about their lack of romantic or sexual desire. And I'm like, oh, you're a whole aroace person. Dang. And like, and I'm just like, wait, how many people of that generation are even beyond, right? But especially that generation, I'm so curious. Are they asexual? Are they romantic? Is it trauma? You know, but like, I'm so curious because my grandma, like, I remember her talking about having sex for the first time on her wedding night. And she's like, that's, that's it? Like, so I've been saving myself for this whole time and just never partaking again. And I'm like, oh. ma'am, you are welcome to the LGBTQ cool. community. Like, yeah,
0: my goodness.
1: Yeah, and like a lot of my role models growing up were women of that generation, like my piano teacher, for example, and she also was very big on being aromantic. Like she had been married a few times and she's like, you know what, not for me. Like, I just, I feel like the
0: reporting is just so wonky because I think people yeah. don't even realize Exactly. What those feelings might entail, you know? They just kind of blame something else, or the number of men, and I have this theory that a lot of men with erectile dysfunction are simply asexual. Let's
1: talk about it! (laughs) And, like,
0: society has so few models for a man not being interested in a woman that it's, like, I feel like someone experiencing that could easily be like, oh, there's a beautiful woman in front of me and this isn't happening. There must be something wrong. But it's like, maybe she's not your type. There's just so many things, like... Like, for so many reasons, this might just not be your cup of tea. And that's all right. Yeah, you're right. I love that,
1: like... That should be
0: talked about more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Also, I think it's interesting in this study, 32% of the subjects who were asexual were also married. Huh. Yeah. And I'm like, so this is happening already. Like, it's already a normative thing that, like, an asexual person can be in a marriage. Right. With someone who's not asexual. And people are still confused about how aromantic people could be in relationships.
1: Right. And you know, it's interesting too, because if you think about all those like, cishet men joking about, I kept the spreadsheet of all the excuses my wife made to not have sex. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, have you ever talked to her about what her actual desires are? If that's even something she wants? Like, you know, it's just like so many people who are in these relationships. And if they just spent... Like five good minutes, five productive minutes talking about mm-hmm. it. Like what a game changer that would be. Right. But um
0: But that would involve communication.
1: Oh, they hate that girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the next things I want to talk about are these concepts of allosexism and okay, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna sound this word out. Oh. A matonormativity. Yeah, I normativity, I'm out of normativity, very similar concepts, allosexism. This is from UC Santa Barbara, the pervasive system of discrimination and exclusion that oppresses asexual people based in the belief that everyone does and should experience sexual attraction, very similar to a normativity, which is the widespread assumption that everyone is better off in an exclusive romantic long term couples relationship and that everyone is seeking such a relationship. Yeah. And that is very much tied to the relationship escalator. yes And
1: yeah. the sexual escalator.
0: Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about those? Yes. Hooray! Escalators! <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: So basically, you're in a room. Boy meets girl. Girl meets girl. Boy meets boy. Boy meets they. All of the options, right? And you look across the room. You find somebody cute. You're like, hey, cool. I'm going to go talk to them. You talk to them. What's the assumption of what happens next? You plan a date. What's the assumption of what happens next? Third date, you have sex. And then you're gonna get married. And then you're gonna buy a house. Right? It's this assumption that one thing must lead to another if it's Mm -hmm. successful. Right? And especially if it's successful, right? Like, if at any point it doesn't work, then people fall off, right? But that if this works at this level, we now have to take it to the next level. Now I have to meet your parents. Now I have to move in with you. Like So there's a romantic escalator like that or there's a sexual escalator too where it's like oh i like have butterflies in my stomach when i talk to this person i like the way it feels when they hold my hand and it's assumed that that goes all the way up to having sex
0: yeah
1: right and it's like that's not what any of that means sometimes the peak of a relationship or a peak of a connection could be one of those stops and i'm really big on like talking about that like having crushes on people sometimes that just leave it alone like if you go further it may not work but having a crush on somebody can be really fun and like enjoying it for what it is and i think that's another thing about being aromantic and asexual that i appreciate is like this way the paradigm works is that it allows me and other people to meet each other where we're at and just be in the moment and appreciate that without these escalators and assumptions without future planning necessarily just being like here we are right now and that's really beautiful and I like you and I like me and I like how we work together and create this new thing together and it is what it is like (laughs) and tomorrow maybe we won't be doing this but
0: right Right. now let's enjoy it you know so exactly wow well that is actually the end of my notes we covered so much so quickly (laughs) there are some quotes I found historical figures
1: from current pop stars and also some people making headcanons of characters. I think people are very familiar with the Jessica Rabbit ace cannon. Mm-hmm. And there was some interesting like support for that and like things she said and stuff. So one of the first quotes was from Marilyn Monroe, actually. And in an interview, she was like, I don't understand what the hype's about. She's like, I know I'm a sex symbol. I know I tend to have this effect on people. But it's not like I'm going home and fantasizing about any of this. She's like, I don't get it i honestly do not get it and like that's almost verbatim (laughs) we can put the source in the sources tab but yeah she dead ass was just confused on what the hype was about and then with michaela cole she came out recently she actually had the words for it at this point and she said she looked up aromanticism and she's like yeah that's it that's me like i'm not trying to change anybody i'm not trying to have anybody change me which Mm -hmm. i think is an interesting conflation right but i think she's on to something like like i said like there's that baked in assumption of sacrifice. And I think that can go all the way down to self-identity and behaviors and everything. Right. So, Oh, and then the last thing was the Jessica rabbit ACE connection where people really built this head cannon around the idea that she's a sex symbol, but at every turn she's repulsed by sex. She's repulsed by people coming onto her. And she also literally says, she's like, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn this way. Right. Like she gets projected as a sexual fantasy a lot. And it at one point even says, like, you have no idea what it's like to be a woman like me, to the detective. And there are people in the comments of this theory being like, how can she be asexual if she's a sex symbol? Right? Or basically being like, she's so hot, how can she be asexual?
0: (laughs) How does that make sense? What does your perception of her have to do with her identity? And that's exactly why people love
1: this canon so much. Because it's like, she has never shown interest in sexual attraction to anybody. She even says whenever she is talking about her attraction to Rogers, she's like, he makes me laugh. She never mentions being attracted to him or anything, like, you know, but people will project that on her just because of how hot she is, essentially, right? Right. Yeah, just some real interesting reading. And also I found some quotes from the book Little Women, which is from 1864, about character Joe being like, I have no interest in marrying, ever don't wanna it's like this is a way to love but it's not for me like this is not the correct way of loving for me or something like
0: this shit's been around for a long time but people want to act like it's new (laughs) like people will claim that these things are a fad so there's this glad figure that gets cited a lot that four percent of people between the ages of like 18 and 24 identify as ace and era which is much higher than the 1% of the total population figure that gets thrown around. And this is interesting for like two reasons because that is actually 1% higher than people reporting being strictly gay or lesbian. According to that study there are like failings in the methods and stuff and we can talk about how accurate these figures are But there's also that like people will use that number to say like it's happening more in young people because it's a fad Mm -hmm. Like it's happening 3% more in young people 18 to 24 because they're just like going through a phase Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's really interesting.
1: I would love to see a study where it's focused on the baby boomer generation. You set down, no leading questions, just let them talk. Mm-hmm. Be like, what's your romantic experience been like? What's your sexual experience been like? And I bet we would find so many things like yeah. I that number would change drastically
0: like I think a lot of them would be very queer <laughs> yeah lots of people have seen those memes where it's like oh yeah I came out to my mom and she was like oh you're not gay <laughs> everybody thinks that women are gorgeous you know everybody wants to suck a pussy every once in a while yeah. it's like, mom, no actually <laughs> like mom I remember once I actually I was coming out to my mom as trans and she was like I mean everybody doesn't feel completely like a woman sometimes and I was like (laughs) ma'am the egg is born
1: (laughs) the egg is in the crate
0: (laughs) no but yeah I think that it's really interesting that like or not interesting honestly more like saddening yeah how much people have internalized damn it these words are so hard a normativity a mad normativity how no. much people have internalized the mad normativity and allosexism that they feel broken yeah. <laughs> if they cannot conform
1: and you know we can talk about the legal repercussions too because if you think about the fact that i don't think credit was invented until like 1970 1979 mm-hmm. it was recent yeah. right and also that was around the same time period when a woman could finally open a bank account without her husband oh. the 70s The 70s! Right? So I think people, even if they had the word aromantic and asexual, would they even be able to pursue that without very much detrimentally fucking up their financial
0: situation at that time? Like, that's horrible. Like... You know? Even now, it costs to not be in a relationship with yeah. a man. Like, it's almost impossible to get Child. a hysterectomy some places. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's that. And then even, like, in the year 2022, there was an article going around that people were really excited. I think it was in Sweden, where I think they were being labeled cryptotonic. but I don't know if that was actually how they identified themselves. But basically, it was two friends who had lived together for a long, long time. And they won a court case after one of them passed, where the other one inherited the farm they had created and everything. And it was a big deal because it was one of the first cases to set a precedent for a romantic, asexual relationship being validated in the court system without marriage. Right. But that's 2022! And that was news!
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Like, just the fact that so many of our laws and hospital rights and all these things revolve around being married or having sex with a person to be seen as valid, like... That's horrible. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, it's
0: pretty wacky. Like, literally the state is a mad normative. Yeah.
1: It's because like in America, especially the family unit is a financial unit, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the financial building block of this country is that you have a a man and a wife and their children and they bring in income and they, you know, create a workforce and like the whole system is built on that versus a communal idea right or like having infrastructure where you have multiple generations living in a household and then you have built in like child care and elder care we have communities that are like banking together and stuff and it's not just family based but it's like a group of women who are contributing to each other each month or something like there's just so many different ways of being but the american financial system relies on romantic sexual connections leading to marriage to uphold the whole financial system it's like damn Yeah. And they'll really gaslight people to the point of feeling like they're broken to uphold that.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good note to end on. There are lots of different ways of being. And, you know, we hope that you go. Go be. be. Yeah. (laughs) Go be. Absolutely
1: superb, you funky little aromantic. (laughs) Go
0: We have a website. We have a website. <laughs>
1: and now it's linked on Spotify for your convenience.
0: Yeah. You can open the see all because probably I wrote a long ass description. <laughs> so click see all, click on the links, visit our website. You can tip me. You can you tip know, them. If you got something. Give us a We'd point. love that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Music by Audionautix.com